Hi, this is Center for Anxiety, and you're listening to A More Connected Life. In this podcast, we're here to talk about the very real struggles of mental disorders and how they can ultimately lead to greater insight, resilience, and connection. Based on current research, clinical wisdom, and first-person accounts, we will all learn how to live a more connected life. everyone and welcome back to another episode of A More Connected Life. My name is Julia Payne and today I'm joined by Melissa Bloom who is a Master Clinical Mental Health Counselor here at Center for Anxiety. In addition to being a dialectical behavioral therapist and cognitive behavioral therapist, Melissa also specializes in the treatment of eating disorders and anxiety in young adults. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Hey Julia, thank you for having me. So today we are going to be talking about anxiety and other mental health struggles during the holiday season. So to start off, in what ways and for what reasons do some people struggle during this time of year? Yeah, totally. So as you mentioned, people hear holidays, it's, there's a lot of joy and of course there is, but there's also a lot of shoulds about, you know, how families and holidays should be. Some shoulds include they should love each other, they should get along, these should be fun times. The reality is that it's often a lot more complex than that. It's a lot more difficult. The facts are that a lot of people don't have happy families, happy memories. The holidays actually trigger a lot of us into states of anxiety, shame, and misery. The National Alliance on mental health illness actually states that 64% of people with mental illness reports that holidays makes their conditions even worse. So this can lead to things such as physical illness, depression, anxiety, substance misuse. Yeah, definitely. This time of year is associated with holiday spirit and joy, but it can be really difficult for a lot of people. What are some reasons for why that could be specifically? I think pressures, both from family and friends, there's such a big pressure to be social, to be happy, to be present, which can make it really difficult to speak up if you feel otherwise. There's a lot of embedded expectations that comes from a lot of times the media, from what other people say, social comparisons. Sometimes you also may feel left out if your spiritual tradition isn't the one that's shown this time of year. There's a lot of conflict around heated topics that can come up during the holiday season. Through these conflicts, what I found is that there's a lot of regressive behaviors that happen. And basically what that means is maybe we're reverting back to a less developed sense. And An example there could be if you're at home and you are a 30-year-old at home, you're basically like an adult child and you're at your parents for the holidays and they say something that politically upsets you, maybe you roll your eyes. Maybe you start being passive to them. These regressive behaviors that maybe you would not do in your day-to-day are more defenses that act like our emotional armor. They're aimed at protecting us from feeling more pain and anxiety, which is why when you feel overwhelming emotions come up like anger, fear, sadness, it can cause us to fall back into less mature expressions of our emotions. Visits can also trigger some old memories. Unfortunately, people who had a hard 
childhood, come from different backgrounds. Returning home as an adult, you might rehash some old traumas. Maybe they were repressed. Maybe they weren't. A lot of the time, trauma can be activated by your senses. Maybe a scent triggers some memory. Maybe a certain song. Maybe coming back to your hometown brings up a lot that you haven't really thought about. Right. There are a lot of things that can be triggering around the holidays. Places, social gatherings, or specific family members, friends, or even acquaintances. Yeah, I think it's not discussed enough. Social anxiety and how sometimes it's a bit hidden and we might not know that people are struggling with it. Everyone experiences some anxiety on occasion. It's normal for us to worry about things that are out of our control. That comes from an evolutionary standpoint of keeping ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. So what might social anxiety during the holidays look like or feel like? So instead of enjoying time with our loved ones, some people might dwell on small details where perfectionism might come out around this time of year. Some of us might have an overwhelming urge to be the best at everything. A lot of this gets blown up in terms of social media. We're seeing all of these people post all of these fun things and these fun gifts and these great experiences and travel plans, which might make us feel bad about ourselves. It might make us internalize some shame that maybe we're not measuring up or we're not where we want to be. And so we have that on one hand. We also have that influx of seasonal gatherings with unfamiliar faces, which is going to intensify feelings of social anxiety. So maybe these people avoid celebrations altogether. And then maybe they feel the anxiety of, oh no, do these people think that I don't care about them? Mm -hmm. And along with the worsening anxiety, we also have the worsening depression that gets compounded with the lack of sunshine in the winter. Depressive thoughts and feelings really tend to increase during the holidays. Those that are already diagnosed with clinical depression are more likely to experience worsening symptoms from Thanksgiving through New Year's Day. And even those without a prior diagnosis might deal with some seasonal affective disorder. The shorter days means less sunshine. Reduced sunlight causes that decrease in serotonin, which is that feel-good hormone. On the other hand, some people with seasonal affectiveness disorder produce more melatonin, which is that sleep hormone. So our feel-good hormones decreased, our energy levels are decreased, so we're probably sleeping more. And on terms of depression, the holidays are a time for reflection. And as I mentioned in the beginning, sometimes people don't have the happiest of memories. And remembering those sad events can reopen and trigger some old wounds that maybe aren't fully healed. And even if they are healed, wounds still hurt. Right. I also think having so many holidays around the same time each year, it's almost a marker to notice how things have changed each year. Comparing yourself to previous years and noticing how you're different, which can be difficult sometimes. Those feelings may be exacerbated by seeing family and friends that we may not be close with or we may have a difficult history with. Do you have any advice for people who may benefit from setting boundaries around this time of year? Absolutely. So I love that you touched upon boundaries as well as comparing ourselves to maybe past versions of ourselves as well as other people. So 
boundaries are so important and boundaries can take on so many forms. It could be physical, intellectual, material, financial, emotional. It's simply taking responsibility for what you need to be happy, healthy, and safe. So boundaries are about us. They're about honoring our own feelings. It's not about other people. So we want to stay respectful, but we want to stay respectful to ourselves. Unfortunately, we cannot control other people. We can only control ourselves. So they might not respect that, right? They may persist. All you can do is kind of set it and walk away. Boundaries are difficult. Some might feel guilt. The more you do it, the more you realize, oh, wow, this actually is great for me. I'm actually not doing anything wrong. I'm just protecting my own energy. It's not your duty or responsibility to fill in those awkward silences or to console someone for disrespecting your boundary. Mm -hmm. When making those verbal boundaries, it's best to stick to language that is free of shaming or blaming. We want to stay away from those you statements, more of focusing on how I am feeling rather than what you are doing to me. The holidays are a great time to practice these boundaries, even though it's difficult. Maybe you'll feel some tension, but in the long term, you are going to feel much better. Those are all great tips for how to set boundaries. What are things we can do to prepare for those difficult conversations? Or what can we do if they end up going poorly? Yeah, so boundaries are super difficult. I won't sugarcoat that. But there are ways that we can prepare ourselves to get into a difficult conversation. One will be going into that conversation with really clear intentions on what your goals are, what you want out of the conversation, as well as what you're willing or not willing to budge on. Mm -hmm. And before the holidays, before going into a situation that might be difficult, doing a lot of self-care, maybe planning ahead, thinking like, okay, what might some possible outcomes be? How can I handle this? Maybe we want to grab a grounding object. That can be something like your favorite stone or eliciting your senses by lighting your favorite candle, doing things that make you feel good, kind of controlling what you can control. Another thing that I think is a great practice to kind of instill is that before saying yes to something, asking yourself how meaningful it is ask yourself, am I doing this because it will bring me or someone else real joy? Or am I doing this because I think it's what I'm supposed to do? Right. Planning ahead for potential outcomes can be so helpful if you're feeling anxious about setting a boundary or anxious about really going into any situation. I think the holidays can also be a time where people compare themselves or their situation to others. Of course, this can be heightened or worsened by going on social media, which oftentimes only really shows the most curated parts of a person. Do you have any advice on how to avoid comparing ourselves to others, especially during the holidays? Yeah, so following some more positive accounts that are more aligned with you and what you're going through. You can also mute some people that you might be noticing yourself making these comparisons to. People don't talk about it enough because there's a lot of shame and stigma attached to it when we struggle, but struggling is a universal human experience. No one's alone in that. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to notice the social comparisons your mind makes. So social comparisons tend to upset us, yet our mind keeps on going there. 
again, that's because our brains are inherited from our ancestors who had to make social comparisons in order to survive, to reproduce. When we recognize our own impulses to compare, we are less hooked by the thought that others are judging us. So each time we catch ourselves making a social comparison, we have the ability to focus elsewhere. We don't have to get pulled in by those thoughts. Yeah. Awareness of when and where you may tend to start comparing yourself and noticing those negative thought patterns is really important. When you do get stuck in those negative thought patterns, it can be really isolating. And the holidays in general can be quite isolating for a lot of people. Do you have any advice for people who may want to reach out to someone who may be isolating themselves or who may be lonely during this time of year? I love that question. And I think reaching out to someone, even if they haven't actually told us, is huge. Not that it's our job to be able to read people and assume how they're feeling. But on the other hand, people do struggle during this time of year. Mm -hmm. The holidays serve as a reminder that someone's absent from your life. This could be death. This could be a breakup. This could be a divorce. This could be physical distance, commercials, TV, all the movies focus on that sense of togetherness and that this time of year is so special. And it is special, but not everyone is lucky enough to have that. Yeah, that's so true. If we want to reach out to someone who may be feeling isolated or lonely around this time of year, what would be a good way to do so? Yeah, if you have an inclination, maybe you haven't heard from a friend in a while or a family member, shooting them a text, shooting them a phone call, an email, something very genuine, sweet, not putting any pressure. Because some people who are struggling with grief, loss, with social anxiety might feel really anxious to respond. Absolutely. And some people can feel really overwhelmed or anxious about responding to messages. So I think giving them the space to choose to respond or allowing them to respond on their own time is really compassionate and kind. If we feel like we ourselves are struggling with loneliness during the holidays, what are ways that we can deal with that or ways that we can get through it? One way to do it is embrace feeling lonely. It's okay to feel lonely. That's an emotion. It's not necessarily a a comfortable emotion, but It's just a feeling and it's a feeling that you don't need to push away just because it's feeling bad. All feelings can give us important information. So while feeling lonely might not feel the best, being present with it could help you gain some more insight into what you need at that moment. Mm -hmm. It's a really normal experience and it's signaling us to pay attention to what it is that we're experiencing and remembering too that loneliness is a feeling and it's not a fact. We're not always going to be this way. This doesn't mean that we're destined to be alone forever. It means that we're feeling something that we can do a little digging into. Mm -hmm. I love that. I also know it's not uncommon for people to feel lonely, even if outwardly it looks like they're not, even if they're surrounded by a lot of people. Absolutely. So that's a super common experience, even being in a crowded room, just feeling a little off, feeling a little lonely, feeling a little disconnected. I think one thing to start is be reasonable with what to expect of yourself and your own limitations. It's been a really hard few years for everyone. There has been so much going on in the world. It's okay that 
something isn't exactly what you want it to be or expect it to be, but you're doing the best you can. Yeah. Given everything that's happened the past few years, I think it's so important to give ourselves space for self-compassion. For those who are struggling, how can we treat ourselves a bit better during this season? One which is really important is accepting your own needs, being kind to yourself, putting your own mental and physical well-being first. This can look like being able to recognize what your triggers are to help you prepare for some stressful situations. One thing that I think is a good thing to note with the holiday season, partying, is to do your best to avoid numbing or avoiding feelings, maybe by using alcohol or other substances. Although maybe this makes you feel better in the short term, this actually worsens anxiety and depression in the long term. Same with your food choices lack of exercise. Another tip would be choosing to stay positive, which means investing effort in new neural pathways. So our old neural pathways can light up effortlessly. Negativity and feeling down about something is comfortable. It can be effortless. So kind of shifting our perspective, positivity, it takes work, but It's rewarded in the long run. Every time we view a situation positively, we build those new pathways and it becomes easier. I'm not saying that we should be positive about things that are really horrific. I'm saying if we have the option and we're able to, choosing, even though it takes effort, is definitely worth it in the long run. Mm -hmm. One more tip that I really like, especially going into the new year, is celebrating your goals. It's super easy to lose sight of your goals when we overindulge in things. Let's say you're on a diet and some people might say like, oh, I've already blown it. I might as well have another plate of cookies, which let me say there's nothing wrong with eating a plate of cookies. Shaming yourself and hating yourself for it only intensifies this urge to overindulge. And we can try to get out of this loop by habitually refocusing ourselves on our goals. There's a lot of joy in the act of choosing our goals, going towards those, and joy in each small step we take towards it. And really like honing in on the fact that we have the power to enjoy things that are good for us. We have to make an active effort, but we can do it. Yeah, we have the power to enjoy things that are good for us. I love that. So many things can seem really daunting, but if you put in the energy to find enjoyment, it's much easier to maintain those healthy habits. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminds me a lot of just your attitude. Our attitude has the power to shape our experience. So anticipating a stressful situation is only going to intensify your anxiety. When we actively shift our focus to identifying ways to maybe mitigate that anxiety and tension and focus on the positive, it makes the experience more enjoyable. We tend to experience more of what we focus on. Right. So for example, if we're going into a situation that makes us nervous or a conversation with someone we don't get along with for whatever reason, if we put energy into focusing on what we may have in common, we may have a more enjoyable time. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we don't get along with everyone. We're not friends with everyone. But doing this at least 
helps us. If we're going to be in the situation with this person that maybe we don't get along with too well anyway, how do we make it the best for us? And that's a great way how mm-hmm. we're not pretending that we're magically best friends, but we're focusing on something that is likable, is relatable, is something that will make us feel better. That is all such great advice. We've touched upon the main topics I had wanted to discuss today. Do you have any last pieces of advice or things you think our listeners may benefit from hearing? Yeah. So the last thing I definitely want to mention as we get closer to the new year, the holidays, just a gratitude practice coming in handy during holidays and holiday stress and writing down three things that you're truly grateful for. By doing this, it helps soften your mind. Keep yourself focused on the positive. Maybe it'll act as a great buffer for any holiday stress, any things coming your way. But life is not black and white. The good, the bad, what we've learned, reflecting, journaling, maybe having a safe place we can go to in our mind through visualization, giving us that sense of peace, maybe when the external world's chaotic. When we're confronted with feelings of stress, finding moments for ourselves closing our eyes and imagining the safe place. We can be there with all of our senses, feeling the ground beneath you, smelling the aroma, hearing the sounds and making yourself at home in the safe place. We don't have control over a lot of things, but we do have control over that. And we do have control over finding our own inner peace amongst external chaos. What great advice to end on. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate you spending time discussing the holiday season and the various things that people might struggle with during this time of year. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And for anyone listening, I hope you all have some great holidays. Thanks for listening to A More Connected Life. Visit centerforanxiety.org for more information about everything we talked about today and to connect with us. Tune in next time as we discuss more ways to live a more connected life.